You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Want to earn extra cash for the holidays? Amazon Flex is expanding in the San Francisco Bay Area. Opportunities in Richmond, Oakland, and Daly City. Earn around $20 to $27 an hour delivering packages with Amazon. All you need is a car, a smartphone, and some free time. This is a great opportunity to be your own boss, deliver when you want, and make extra money. With Amazon Flex, you'll have flexible hours and great earnings. To get started, download the app at flex.amazon.com. That's F-L-E-X amazon.com. You must be at least 21 years old. Limited opportunities available. Get started at flex.amazon.com. You're listening to NBC Sports Radio. Sports Radio. Weekends. This is the Two Robbies Football Show. Your number one source for Premier League football on NBC Sports Radio. Now, your hosts, Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl. Robbie Earl. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio. I'm Robbie Musto and he's Robbie Earl on a day when Bob Bradley made history. The first American to manage a Premier League game. We'll chat with our pal Carl Martino later in the show to discuss that. But first, let's start at Stamford Bridge, the home of Chelsea Football Club. Mm. A new look Chelsea, Robbie Earl, yeah. blew away the champions Leicester City. 3-0. Yeah, and you've got to stay with me on this one because I'm not sure if you've ever had a soup made for you or you've had one off the peg. These, these tailor-made... I go for the cheap ones. And these off the peg. Yeah, these off the peg. I think off the peg for Chelsea was Chelsea playing in the 4-1-4-1 system. I, I just thought it didn't quite fit. Now I think they've got tailor-made. I think they've gone bespoke. I think they've gone 3-4-3. And what I see, Rob, is a team that's more comfortable that has, looks stronger at the back, that has more attacking threats and has the width that's required in a team to be successful. So the transition to, to a system, and we often talk about tactics and formation systems, you can get caught up in it. But here's a, 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 an issue where a change of system has made the individuals in the group better. And I think it, it's a way forward for Antonio Conte. Yeah, I think so. It's taken him quite a few weeks to come up with this. And we knew that the history of this man is mm. playing in this system so successfully at Juventus for a long period of time, three championships there. Um, and when you looked at his squad, you're thinking, mm. well, yeah, I think it can work. Um, I think David Luiz has been central to that. He's the central of mm. the three defenders. I think Victor Moses, Rob, in terms of changing this, this Chelsea. That's why I started yeah. the show by saying a new-look Chelsea. Yes, it's a new-look formation, mm. but there's new players in the team. Marcus Alonso, yeah. I think, looks very comfortable at left wing back. He's left-footed. He gives them that width, that balance, the ability to cross balls in. And Victor Moses is a, is a willing worker, Rob. So not only yeah. has he got a little bit of skill, a little bit of quality, by the way, our man of the match today and scored a mm. wonderful goal, the third goal. But I think he's got the determination and the, and the, the work ethic to get back as well. You mm. like, we both like N'Golo Kante. Yeah, he, he's got more ability to, to go and find more the license, ball, go and yeah, ferret, go, go, go and get, yeah. make those challenges because mm. matches will sit. 
and and I, I just think that it was Pedro today and Hazard in and yeah. around Costa. I like those three up there, Rob. I think, as you said, everybody's playing a little bit better, which makes the, makes the whole team performance a lot better. Talk to me about the three centre-backs, because they, they, they're fundamental to this system. Today we have David Luiz, Gary Cale and, and, and Aspilicueta. When everybody's fit with the players at the football club, Rob, so I'm not talking about who he may buy. If everybody's fit, does John Terry play in, 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 is one of the three? Does Ivanovic come into things? Do, no. Does Kurt Zuma come, yes. come into things? What would be the ideal three if we don't okay. bring another player in? Okay, I, I, and, and this, you know, I think John Terry will force his way into the team very soon, by the way. Can he play the left centre back of a three I think I think David Louise will go to left centre back and John Terry would play in the, men, the middle. You can't expose him in a mm. wider area. But to answer your question, I think Kurt Zuma, left side centre back. I think David Louise, centre, centre mm. back. And Cesar Spelicueta. I, I like him. I know he's a full back. He's not. So, so what you're saying, if that title-winning defence, yeah. Ivanovic, John Terry, Gary Cahill, no place in the first team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Revolution. Well, you've got Zuma, who's a beast defensively. Yeah. You've got David Luiz, who's a, who's, a, who's a lovely footballer, and he's not a beast. You've got Cesar mm. uh, Spelicueta. This, uh, this is just a conscientious, good, reliable defender. I think, given time, mm. that that back three can be really good. Now, yeah. that's controversial, and, and others might mm. say, well... A bit, a bit loose, a bit yeah, yeah, a bit, a bit loose, young. a little bit mm. wild maybe, certainly with Louise. But I, I just think Louise has got to mature up and be the leader back there. That's my answer to that. Other than that, going forward in this mm. team, I like it. I don't think there's a place for Cesc Fabregas. I think Matic and Kante make a good, a good balance in there. Um, Willian's been bright. Azard enjoys roaming, mm. playing as a number 10. What this system pretty much allows yeah. him to do. Costa playing well. Taking it forward. Yeah. How far can they go? This new look Chelsea, how far can they go? What should their target be with this man, uh, with, with, with this with team? With this group. Are you talking with this group of players or are you talking about... with? If, if we're talking with this group of players, I think they're fighting, and I'm talking about a, a four-probably team fight for fourth spot right now. I think, I think the three better teams than them in the league. Now, whether defensively they can get it right, whether not being in Europe helps them. Absolutely helps them, doesn't uh, it? You know, concentrating on, on Premier League games each week and, and doing the work on the training arm that, that the coach will require, I think it, it, it is important, Rob. Yeah, Jason Samuel Toy agrees with you there, and he tweeted us to say that the top four is the maximum for him. Mm, well, he thinks they can go this season. He said they're still missing a quality centre-back and a right winger. Watch out for them next season, especially in the summer. So I think there will be new players coming in. Um, but I agree with you mm. and with Jason there that the top four is a realistic possibility. Just quickly before we move on to Leicester, anything in this sort of little spat between Conte and Costa? I mean, Costa's seven goals, flying in terms of goals. We know he's on four yellow cards, Rob, and they've got Manchester United in the next league game. Costa sort of suggesting or looking like he was saying sub me off. The manager yeah. not being happy. Yeah. D does that matter? Is it is there a little bit there? Costa, I, I, he played it down, Conte, after the game. Yeah, and I and I think it's okay. And mm. we know that you do get some little spark ups mm. with managers and players, though it doesn't happen a lot. And uh, for for Costa to try and pick a fight almost mm. with Antonio Conte, yeah. it just mm. raises the eyebrows. I mean. Uh, we, we're Only assuming, one winner, by the way, in that fight. Well, it's a it's a nasty, Only one nasty fight. The, the, the manager wins that I one. I think he's a tough. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a, a toughie. Um, but I was still a little bit surprised his attitude yeah. towards a manager. Um, that was nastiness, and I think they will have a, a quiet word. But mm. I don't see it being a uh, a prolonged problem. Do we have to look in and reassess our, our sort of thoughts on Leicester? I think we all thought maybe 
top six, top yeah, eight. I mean, I mean it has, hasn't quite happened. I mean, they rested. Somani didn't play today. Mares was on the bench today with, in light of Champions League. I've got to admit, from my point of view, I'm not having it. You know why I'm not having it? Because I think this group of players, w- to play well, to play the, the, the kind of football that we saw last season, have to be 100% at it every minute of every game. And I don't think these players, Rob, are good enough to say some days, we, let's play 70%. Let, let's look forward to the next game. I just, I just didn't feel that... I didn't see the benefit of resting the players and going into a Champions League game well, where you, you've just got beat to be know what the benefit is? The benefit B- is that these sharper. guys will be fitter, hungry, sharper. I'm just trying to think there. And, 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 and often it, I find it clear to me what mm, I think. What, but mm. this one's a difficult one for me because they're not winning the league. Mm. They're not finishing the top four in the Premier League. The Champions League could be a special, special season. Copenhagen, mm. of course, is a winnable game. But they're not going to win the Champions League, by the way. Well, but they'll feel they can have a real good run in it. They're not going to win the Champions League, by you, the way. Why, I'll why say are you saying again. that? Why are you I'm, saying I'm saying that? to you, Rob, that they, they, well, why are you saying they, that? they aren't good enough to win the Champions League. We said that last year about the Premier League. No, I, I thought they I think they the Champions could win League, the in some ways, Simpsons. because it's, it's got less games and less of a, a long marathon run, they're going to they're qualify out of this group. They may qualify. And then over two legs, who knows? So I think... Is it so right all, all that they're the giving themselves, the, the manager's no. given this football club the best opportunity to progress, My, even though... Where I'm different, it, it, Rob, it, I, think, I, I think with this group, you can't switch it on and switch it off with this group. They're not that kind of player. They have to take each game as they come and then to look at the next game and say, if somebody's tired, if somebody needs resting... I mean, Riyad Mahrez gets rested, apparently... I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't really got going, well. Rob. No, he he no. hasn't got the rhythm. He's the kind of guy that might win your game today. He plays well against Chelsea, generally. Yeah, I, I mean, it's... You know, we've talked about, and everybody's talked about, how Angelo Kante is a huge yeah. miss for Leicester. And I get that. Mm. But even if he stayed at the football club right now... He sparks I mean, things a little yeah, bit. But he, he can't play How much anything. of a distance? I mean, can, can Mar- is Mares that bad? Is, is Vardy that bad without this one player? No, but... The, there's sometimes somebody who links it together. I think Drinkwater's missed him. I think Drinkwater's not yeah. the same player. To this a degree, bit to this degree, there's three sometimes. star players. Yeah. Ngoli Kante, Mahrez yeah. and Vardy. Mm-hmm. One of them's gone and two of them are not star players anymore. Well, two of them are not playing like star players. You're yeah. 100% right. But, yeah. you know, that, that's a, that was the, the, the decision they made. They took the money, they moved him on, and that was the situation. Listen, we're, we're, let's take a little break, mate. We're, we're going to move things forward on a day when Chelsea are looking better with their new formation. After the break, let's turn our attention to two teams with real title ambitions. Manchester City hosted Everton at the Etihad. And Spurs made a tricky journey to the Hawthorns, where you always know you're up against it with Tony Pulis' outfit. I'm Earl. He's Musto together with the Two Robbies Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. We'll be back in a tick. This is NBC Sports Radio. Congratulations, you're in the 1%. Check us out online at NBCSportsRadio.com. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show. Let's move it on, Rob, to many people's Mm. favourites for the title. Manchester City, second consecutive match. Uh, Well, they've not got a win. They lost at Spurs, of course, and they got a draw today at home against Everton. 
Um, few changes. They've got a Champions League game on Wednesday against Barcelona away, so I get that. Aguero didn't start. Nolito didn't start, came on and scored uh, the important equalising goal. First of all, do you have any issues with the changes and Aguero Nolito probably rested for Wednesday? No, because you're talking about a quality squad. I think Iheanacho's come in and done well. I think there's enough talent in that team. Uh, you know, rotations are going to be important. What slightly more, I think, Rob, for me is I just think that, in a way, you know, 10 wins in those first time games, all competition. Now, all of a sudden, none in the last three. Perception changes quickly in football. Like, mm. Mm, can you get at City? I know they, they dominated the game today, but is a way you can run the game out of them as Spurs did? Can you hurry, hurry them like, like Celtic did and, and, and not get results and in? part the bus a bit today kind, kind yeah. of worked. So, you know, ways. however you have to stop them, you have mm. to stop them. You know, what I was wondering, Robbie, is, is Pep Guardiola. We, we, I think we touched on it on the show. It's like... He's not used to losing games or drawing too many games. So, from his mentality, will he be thinking about, let me work out another way with this? Is it, is it, do I have to start to look at things differently? The players, I think, will be be okay with it. But the manager's not been, you know, Barcelona and Bayern Munich, you basically win every yeah, game. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. Um, I, I, I think he'll realise very quickly that this league, is he, if he didn't already know it, it's really, really difficult, really, mm. really competitive. I think in terms of tactics again today, like just way different. I mean, he, we talked at the start, Rob, didn't we, about those fullbacks tucking in and this, that and the other. He does different things nearly every game now. He really is a thinker. He really does set his team up for a specific game. I, I think this, yep, this isn't a win, but... I don't think there's anything to worry about. Mm. They missed two penalties. De Bruyne yeah, and, and Aguero missed two penalties. Mm. Martin Stecklenburg had the game of his life in the goal. So, uh, Guardiola said it afterwards. That's football. And, yeah. and this particular time, I don't always agree with what he says afterwards, but mm. I think, you know what? You ain't going to win every game. And when a goalkeeper does, does this and two world-class players miss mm. penalties, maybe it just wasn't their day today. Nothing for me to worry about any more than that. Let me focus attention just on one player for City before mm. we, we give Abbott a, a mention. Sergio Aguero, you talked about him missed penalties. He's missed a couple now this season. Apparently there was rumours that things in Argentina went right, got in a bit of stick from there. Is, is he just a bit off-colour? Is, is that the one part of the team that Pep Guardiola can't do without. I mean, five goals already this season. He hasn't really quite got going. He missed three games because of the ban for the elbow. Mm. Team did okay without him. Is yeah. he? Has he just gone off colour a little bit? Well, he's certainly gone off colour for Argentina. He missed a penalty mm. for them in international football and a little bit of unrest, a little bit of stick from him in, mm. in those games. So his place in that team is under jeopardy. But I think no. I think I don't think he's gone off colour, particularly in the Premier League. Five appearances, five goals. I think, to answer your first question, yes, they absolutely need him. If they're going to be champions this mm. league, they need him to be at, at his best or near best. Because I don't think, yeah, Nacho, even though, you know, we really like him as a footballer and he's done very well. He's got a couple of goals, I think, and three assists so far on his five appearances. But they need Aguero to fire. And I think he will fire. As long as he can stay fit, of course, um, he still is an important player. Yes, maybe he's a little bit off colour. But uh, he has had a, a, an injury issue as well um, whilst he's been away. But, but for the most part, I don't see that. I think for, I think for Everton's point of view, just quickly on Everton, mm. Rob, um, it was different today from Koeman. And I like the fact that Koeman, you know what? Martinez with this Everton team would try and go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, I think, with Guardiola. I think he'd try and outplay yeah, them and yeah. possess and open, mm. be expansive. Koeman's basically <laughs> said, he said it afterwards, they're better than us. We're defending deeply and narrowly, and they got the point.
Let's move it on to, to West Brom and Tottenham. Always going to be a difficult one, this, for, for Spurs traveling to the Never an easy place to go. Remember this time, well, the same fixture last season, Spurs, West Brom, and, and West Brom got a draw and, in a way, ended Spurs' title hope. So it was always tough. Is this a good point for, for Pochettino in the circumstances? Hawthorns is always a, a place where you're going to struggle, or do you really want to be going there and, and getting the three points? <sighs> I think it's a good point. Mm, I think it's I'd a good agree. point. I mean, it doesn't... I mean, West Brom away, when they go 1-0 up, and we looked yeah. up at oh. the screen, Rob, didn't we? And oh. I'm, I'm saying, oh, here we, here we go. It's Tony Pulis again. It's 1-0. And Deli Ali steps up in the 89th minute to equalise. I think you come away from the jump in the bus, you jump on your, your flight or whatever you're going to do, <laughs> and you say, OK, it was, it's not a great place to go. It's not easy. They are very defensive. Um, and it isn't always going to go well. Vincent Janssen, again, Robbie Earl, played yeah. up front, and it, yeah. he hasn't, he hasn't, hasn't happened, looked likely. S- scored internationally, um, I think. And it, it, in, injury for... Yeah, for, Toby Alderweireld, yeah. Right, yep. so that's that has mm. to be of concern. But they've got Eric Eric Dyer to come yeah, in. Yeah, he was on the bench, Yama played he? again in the holding role. So they have got cover there. But again, a little bit like City. I mean, this league is competitive, and teams aren't going to win every week. No. And I think this is another one for Spurs. Okay, we haven't lost, mm. uh, and we're still very close to the top of the league. I think as well, you've got to give some credit. They're the only team now in, in the Premier League that are unbeaten, so yeah. you know, that, that, that stays that alive means, that again. That means something. They're going to the Champions League this week. It's going to be that, that challenge of Champions League football, then going back to league football next weekend. Is going to is going to be the big thing for, for Spurs, and you know they got Bournemouth away at, at the weekend. Let's move it on, Rob, to a couple of other interesting uh, results today. Bournemouth putting six past Hull. <laughs> My feeling gets the, the permanent manager's job, and then things go absolutely pear shaped. Is it a case of is he the right man for the job? Have, have Hull just kind of down tools since that early start of the season? <sighs> I think that early sp- uh, part of the season was was special. Remember the mm, huddle yeah, of Curtis Davis yeah. and everybody was talking about Hull being a disaster, you know, an, an easy relegation. There was a little bit of spirit there and they started off really well. But it's a long season and mm. I think now the manager's bedded in, he's just signed his contract, everybody's happy. There might be a sense of, okay, the excitement's kind of died down. Yeah, we had a good start, but we've got a long season to go. Mm. I think we both have them down for relegation. Um, the squad, as we as we know, is not big. It's not a great squad. They didn't do much in, in the window. The owner is looking to sell the club and, and didn't invest a lot. So I think it's a start. And we're not in winter yet, mm. but it's going to be a long winter, I think, for a Credit City. for Bournemouth. Six goals for Eddie Howe's team. Amazing. They're going Amazing. really, really well. Stoke. Got their first win of the season against lowly Sunderland. Joe Allen again getting two goals. Sexy Stoker back, Robbie Musto. But what about sexy Sunderland? Is, is that any kind well, of Or Blunderland, as the, as the middle, miserable fan calls him in the northeast. Um, it, it, it's, it becomes worry, draining. It? it becomes mm. draining. I mean, we've both spent, and I've spent plenty of seasons in and around that yeah. area, but, but never for as long a period as this mm. for, for, for season, season on season, season out yeah. to be down the bottom there it grinds away and it grinds away more at the fans yeah the fans create an atmosphere that's oh here we go again um it's not healthy another team that i think you change you've got them in haven't you as, as a relegation yeah, team yeah 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 um, to, to go down, i just mate. can't i just can't see how they can turn it around if they do some some remarkable things in january it's just if whether david moore stays mm. through the winter See big Sam Allardyce stepping yeah, back, back in there. In. Don't be surprised. West Ham getting an important win at Palace, Rob. Good day for Slavin Bilic. His team looked at it for, for, for the first time, one of the first times I've seen this season. Apparently had a bit of a pre-season where, in, mm. over the international break. Team are on the front foot, got the goal from Lanzini. And disappointing day for Alan Pardew and his team who were on a good run and 
keep on having this, don't they, Pods? Every time you think they're going to go on to the next step, something is it because does he become complacent? Which goes through to the players. They start thinking there's something special. Mm. I'll tell you what I think of Crystal Palace. And I guess I've got to be careful how I say this, but but, but the types of players that they have, the special players, Mm. and I'll list them. Jason Punch and Wilfred Zaha, Andros Townsend, Christian Benteke. Am I harsh in saying that they're flair players? They're not consistent players. They're streaky players. Does their season... Is it going to mirror the form of those type of players that, you know what, history says they mm. can't do it week in, week I, out, I, and does it make the team inconsistent because of their traits as footballers? I hear your argument. I'd put Johan Kabay in that group as well. Yeah. But I just think if they're well-motivated and well-organised, Rob, they're good enough to, to do well. So we'll draw a line under City and Spurs title challenge, and we want to devote a whole section to Bob Bradley's first game in charge at Swansea City. And we really could do with somebody who knows this yeah, guy. Who knows so this it's guy. not me, it's not Musto, it's our mate Carl Martini. He's going to join us after the break. When we're going to do a breakdown on Bradley, you're listening to the Two Robbies Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. We'll be back in a mo with our special guest. the pitch. It's the Two Robbies Football Show. NBC Sports Radio and NBCSportsRadio.com Listen 24-7 online or with the app because every day is game day. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show. Now it's time for the Granger Get It Done Inbox. Brought to you by Granger. Visit safety.granger.com for the information to help keep your facility safe and your people safer. Granger for the ones who get it done. Right, today's question comes from Bruce in Tulsa. And Bruce wants to know, are we all going a bit overboard with the Bradley appointment? Can we put this into some perspective? And so we've got our mate on, on the phone, Cal Martino. Cal, you know Bob Bradley. Are we all going a little bit crazy about his nationality here? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I know Bob, I never played for him, but know him well. And, and the reason we're going uh, this big on it is because it's historic. I mean, the first American manager ever in the Premier League, maybe it shouldn't have taken this long, but it has. And, you know, it took a while for, for players to break into to the Premier League picture. And initially it was only goalkeepers, right? And how many either Brits or, or fans of the Premier League legislated for Americans joining the Premier League as goalkeepers was, oh, well, they play a lot of hand-eye sports. They play basketball. They play football. Mm-hmm. Of course, they have great goalkeepers. But it took a while for the Clint Dempsey's of the world to really light up the Premier League and earn respect as an American player. And, and now what's lagging is the American coach, and Bob Bradley's the first. So I, I don't think we're going overboard about the fact that this is an enormous moment in American sports, uh, maybe bigger than Bob wants it to be as a reluctant ambassador for everyone who will follow him. But uh, whenever you're the first in anything, it's a really big deal. Kyle, just just, uh, looking at this appointment and um, Bob Bradley here, you give us us your reasons why he's going to be a success at Swansea City. What's he good at? Yeah, really good question. And and I think... um, the reason he got the job is he demonstrated the, the, the first thing that he's good at. He met with Hugh Jenkins, and that was the gatekeeper, mm-hmm. someone very familiar with and, and has had 
the, the respect of the fans and, and has had his hand on the wheel at, at Swansea for some time. And, and that was the first interview he had. And he impressed them with how cogent he can be, how intelligent he is, how passionate he is when he speaks about the game, and how charismatic he is. And that earned him the, the right to move on to the next step and try to convince the American owners that, yes, probably we're paying attention to him because – he was American, and he was on a short list with others that, that got the opportunity to come in and try to sell themselves. And he, he sold, themselves to, to, sold himself to the group, and now it's about the players and what he's going to do on the field. And we've gotten our first glimpse at the Emirates against Arsenal, what, what he's going to do. And it, a lot of that characteristic translates. He can sit in a room, and, and he can inspire you. And take Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, some of the managers that we all – respect and marvel at as, as, as complete tactical geniuses and as the higher upper echelon of managers in this game. First and foremost, they can inspire. You believe what they're saying. You trust that they're going to make you a better player. And I think that that's the first thing that the first box that Bob checks. Now, next, he is very organized. He falls under the category of almost obsessive about the game and his preparation I talked to him for a few hours, uh, 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 you know, 20 or 30 minutes uh, a couple days ago, and he called me at 11 p.m. his time because he went to go watch the under-23s train. He watched tape. He watched uh, Arsenal. He was prepping for the game on the weekend in the middle of the week and had time to go to dinner with his wife and called me at 11 p.m. That was so we could chat for a half an hour about the game. And, and, and that's a testament to how hard he works at his craft. Now, he's at at the, the biggest job of his career so far, the most pressure he's ever faced so far. But I think over 500 games managed over a 35-year managerial career, he has the acumen, he has the experience to perform well here. It's interesting, Carl, because at the moment, and I've heard the phrase put out a couple of times, you know, Bob Bradley's brand of football. You know, I don't actually know what that is. I've seen a U.S. team that he worked under who were very hardworking and, and, and put a good press on, on with the opposition. This is a Swansea team where style was important. This is a league where perception becomes important. Tony Pulis gets tarred with the bus. Sam Allardyce got tarred with the bus. What can we expect from Bob Bradley with a Swansea team who people are used to seeing when they're at their best, a, a nice sort of aesthetic way of playing football? Yeah, I mean, I think with Guilin, we saw a, a, a more pragmatic version of, of the, the current uh, Swansea team than you'll see with Bob Bradley. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, he has a lot of the similarities and, and shares a lot of the characteristics of Guilin in terms of being prepared when you don't have the ball, being organized when you don't have the ball. But in his press conference, he said a few things that I think uh, speak to his, his style and what he can do, which is, he wants to be energetic, bright, and, and attractive when they have the ball. He wants to be vertical. He wants to play through the lines. He wants to do a lot of the things that you, you see a lot of these other teams. In their category, I would probably say Southampton, teams like that that, that, that aspire to be more than just a team that's hard to beat, you know, be more than maybe a Tony Pulis side that's hard to beat. And so his U.S. teams have been hard to beat over the years, but – you know, he, he beat Spain as Euro champions before they won the World Cup in the Confederations Cup 2-0. He showed that he can play in big games in a reactive, sort of pragmatic way. But also during the Gold Cup and other, other moments with Steinbeck and, and Laharp, he shows that if he has the, the talent, if he has the players at his disposal, 
he absolutely is capable of opening up and playing a more attractive style. Just uh, just to give our, our listeners, Kyle, um, just a, a little bit of insight about what it's like. It, as, a, as a young player, I, of course, I was in the stands watching various games at my clubs that I was at, and I was astounded by the, the, the nasty, vitriol, horrible pressure put on managers when things weren't going well. I couldn't believe it. I remember thinking to myself and saying to my parents, there's no way I'd ever be a manager to face some of that horrible stick from the yeah. crowd. Now, are there jobs he's done so far? He's done well. I, don't, I, I, would, I would say he probably hasn't had real scrutiny, real pressure, and nasty fan reaction to anything. They're in the bottom three right now. He's got, he should be granted plenty of time to put it right. But if things over the next few weeks get, get nasty, they don't get the right results, I promise you that, that he will be getting some fierce criticism and, and horrible stick. You and, know him. I, yeah, Is he the sort of yeah. guy? Yeah, what do you think is how he's going to react to that, Kyle? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, and we talked about that at length. We, we talked about, when I spoke to him a couple of days ago, what it's like being the quote-unquote outsider, be, being an American in, in quote-unquote quote their game. And, I, you know, I faced prejudice when I first started working on the Premier League, people that, that, that basically made up their mind about me before they ever heard me talk about the game. And, you know, he's going to face some of that. He's going to face people that won't look past his nationality or his Wikipedia page that either have made up their mind that he won't succeed or are hoping that he doesn't succeed. So he's, he's completely ready for that. He knows that that's going to happen. He's strong enough, Carl. But he's strong enough to handle that, you is, think? Yeah. I mean, what he went through in Egypt, dealing with a, a, a revolution yeah. in the country, dealing with more than just soccer, dealing with human issues that most people will never go through in their entire life. I mean, he is resilient, he's strong, he's thick-skinned. But the other thing is, it's not, it's not only, you know, social media and everything has made being a, a manager so much worse because you used to just don't read the papers and you're fine. I mean, it's everywhere now. But it's not, once you get past the American side of things, which I think people will, it's only the minority that, that really show that prejudice. I think the majority are just saying, you know what, all right, prove it, which he has to prove it. Even Arsene, Arsene Wenger, when he came from Monaco, he was underwhelming. I mean, he's revolutionized the Premier League, and still on a daily basis he faces criticism mm -hmm. that I think is unfair. So he'll face that while he's there. The thing that becomes more troubling is not that, you know, is it bad to hire an American. It's, I look at the, the bigger issue should be for, for people in England is how do guys like Steve McLaren, after a decade of aberrant performances, still get high-profile jobs? I mean, they should embrace the fact that people are looking outside of this paradigm where there are many, there are many managers that haven't proven themselves that continually get jobs after jobs yeah. after jobs Great based point. on where they're from. That's a good point. You know, Eddie Howe, for instance, Eddie Howe probably wouldn't have been given a Premier League job if he didn't get his team promoted. That's wrong. The lack of Premier League mm. experience, I don't think, should be a prerequisite uh, that you have to have worked in or played in the Premier League in order to prove yourself. Yeah, you're 100% correct, Carl. And Eddie Howe's a good one because Eddie Howe's probably one of the brightest coaches in English football. Wouldn't be in the Premier League mm. if he didn't bring Bournemouth up. So mm. a really good point. Just finally, mate, and, and quickly, we just want to get a sense of it. And I think I asked you this today. What's success for Bob Bradley at Swansea? You, you know, he's got a great opportunity now. He gets his chance. Everybody seems to have different things. Some are mid-table, some are just staying in the league. What do you think, having spoken to him, he sees at success over the next year or in a couple of seasons on? Yeah, it's a really good question, Robbie, and a hard one because, um, you know, Swansea, based on 
Brendan Rodgers to Martinez, even Sosa and, and Laudrup. I mean, things were on an uptick, not only style, but battling for Europe. I think things have been reset a little bit, and, and it needs to be recalibrated. New ownership, uh, new expectations. And I think three or four games left in the season, if they're safe, that, that's yeah. good enough for the first year. No manager gets enough patience to really finish a project. I think they need to show patience in Bob Bradley. If he can have them Absolutely. safe with a month or two to go, I say leave him in the job and yeah. see what he can do. Carl Martino, magnificent stuff, mate. Lovely, Thank mate. you very much for coming on. That was fantastic stuff. Uh, thanks again, mate. Okay, we oh, have a little matter of the biggest game in English. Cheers, mate. English football. We'll talk after our final break about Liverpool versus Manchester United. You listen to the Two Robbies Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. Think you've got something to say? Tweet us at NBC Sports Radio. Hashtag get it done. Or email your questions and comments to the Granger Get It Done inbox. Get it done. Get it done. At NBCSportsRadio.com. Get connected to NBC Sports Radio because every day is game day. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show. Now, before we move on to Liverpool versus Manchester United, the Monday afternoon game, I just wanted to, to go through a few tweets. I tweeted out there about Bob Bradley. Was he the right man for Swansea City? And just got a, we got plenty of reaction, but Radu Marinescu tweets us to say, I actually think he is the right man. They had a fight in them today. Uh, Mike Tumulti tweets us to say, with a healthy Montero, Swans will be a lot better. Also need to bench Fernandez. We have much better options at centre-back. Jason Samuel Toye tweets us to say, but he isn't the right man. Replacing Guidoline with him is a bad move. I mean, just compare their careers. Feel the Swans will go down. Uh, Alex Adima tweets us to say they look really ready to fight back after going down by two to a vastly superior team. So mixed reaction out there, but most seem to think he's the right man. Now, Robbie, on Monday, mm. Mm. the biggest game in English football, the most successful teams in English football, Liverpool versus Manchester United. Liverpool in great form. You're making at the it moment. sound like a big game, Robbie. Uh, I think it's kind of a big deal, a big mm. game. Um, mm. Go on then. What 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 are you thinking? Well, uh, everything right now points to for me, Rob, to to a Liverpool win. Liverpool are more fashionable. There's talk about Klopp's be is a little bit more advanced. Isn't that just the time that Mourinho normally steps yeah, in and exactly. does exactly? And so, uh, listen, I, I'm not following fashion. I'm saying that Jose Mourinho's won the title enough times here in England and in other countries to know what's required. He knows how to spoil a party. Remember, his Chelsea teams have done it in the past to Liverpool. He'll be going to Anfield with, with a game plan, with his team ready and raring to go. It won't be as easy uh, as maybe some of the Liverpool fans are suggesting, but it, it will be a huge win for Liverpool. It would put a six-point gap between the two with games coming up. It, 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 it's a big, big game for both these teams. I'm looking at the team news, and I think for Liverpool's point of view, there's, there's two mm. midfield players yeah. that are doubts, and Could we don't know. Uh, and I'll be disappointed if they don't play. I'd be disappointed. Wijnaldum mm. uh, playing for Netherlands versus France and Adam Lallana. Oh, Those mm. two are big, big injury yeah. doubts. Now, I think in terms of people that might come in, I think uh, I think Emery Chan could yeah. come in there. Um, Gruich maybe. Marco Gruich, a new signing again, could come in and, and add a, a real power to that mm. midfield. But that, for me, different. is the key, Rob, because I think that's where they have a big advantage over Manchester United. If Lallana and Wijnaldum is playing with yeah. Henderson behind... Paul Pogba, Herrera, could get outnumbered a little bit in Outnumbered there. and outrun, Rob. There's if, an energy and a movement in that Liverpool midfield do, that's a threat. Do you think United win 
will have a, a much better chance of winning if, if Lalana and Wijnaldum are not playing. Yeah, I, I do. I just think that they are key to the system in, in that pit, pivot that they go from those deep line positions. They can break lines. They're both starting to look a little bit more productivity in terms of goals, in terms of assists. I just think it's an area of the pitch that's going to dominate the, that will dominate the game. If Manchester United can get control in there, they've got players who can hurt them. How about Wayne Rooney having to play in this game? This is going to be physical. It's going to be fast. It's Don't going to be a ridiculous Don't atmosphere. I absolutely see it. You absolutely do. Don't see, see it. it. The game. The absolutely, game, do, I see do, it. Do you remember in the past, and we've seen a couple of games, and I'm not sure who it was. It might have been Rangers, where sometimes the game becomes too quick for great play. Wayne Rooney can't play it. It's too speed, quick for one matter, Rob. It, it, it's speed and, and it's, pace. It's too intense for one matter. Oh, I'm not so sure, Robbie. Must Wayne go. Rooney's got more about it, him. He's got it, more steel. He knows I've, the importance I've, of this game. I've written two things down here. Liverpool won it like a sauna. Red hot, sweating and energy. Manchester United won it like a freezer. Cool it down, be nice and controlled and pick the times when they want to inject a little bit of pace in the game. I think the Liverpool midfield, if they see Rooney on, on, in the midfield, would be happy. I think, I think they're going to play defensive. I think they're going to sit behind yeah. the ball. Mm-hmm. I think Wayne Rooney's going to sit in front of Pogba and Hazard. I think Martial's going to play on one side. I think mm-hmm. Rashford on the other side with Big Zlatan up front. They're going to soak up the Liverpool pressure and they're going to sting them with those two young wide players with pace on a counter-attack. So, what are you saying then? Manchester United go there and, and get a result? Yes, I'm saying United go there and at least get a draw. Mm. If Lallana mm. and Wijnaldum are not playing, I think they nick the game 1-0. What do you reckon? Yeah, the draws are possible. I think it's as much as Manchester United go. But I think you'd have to say Liverpool are favourites on that day. Let's not forget these two other big games coming up on Sunday, Rob. Your Borough take on Watford. What are you thinking now? 2-1 to Middlesbrough. And what are you thinking? I'm thinking draw. Southampton take on Burnley. 3-0 to the Saints. Yeah, I love the Saints as well. And this, So on the first day that we had an American coach working in the Barclays Premier League, he had a decent defeat, which you'll encourage him, but there's lots of work to do. Just time to reward our tweet of the day. That goes to Mike Tumulty for his tweet about Swansea. A healthy Montero makes him better. Ben Fernandez and the club's got better options, but they'll be okay. So, Mike, make sure you have it messages your address and we'll get a Two Robbies scarf in the post here. And don't forget, keep listening to Two Robbies podcast. You can download all those at iTunes. And here is every Premier League Saturday 5pm Eastern Time on NBC Sports Radio for your hourly fix of Premier League football. And thanks to you all for listening to the show, getting involved via social media. The game's about fans. We want to know what you think about your team and any issue you have with the Premier League. We'll be back next Saturday, same time, 5 p.m. Eastern on NBC Sports Radio. Until then, it's good night from me. It's good night from him. Good Good night. night. Want to earn extra cash for the holidays? Amazon Flex is expanding in the San Francisco Bay Area. Opportunities in Richmond, Oakland, and Daly City. Earn around $20 to $27 an hour delivering packages with Amazon. All you need is a car, a smartphone, and some free time. This is a great opportunity to be your own boss, deliver when you want, and make extra money. With Amazon Flex, you'll have flexible hours and great earnings. To get started, download the app at flex.amazon.com. That's F-L-E-X amazon.com. You must be at least 21 years old. Limited opportunities available. Get started at flex.amazon.com. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. 
We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.